0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Talking Toro podcast. Uh, I'm here as always with Peter Bourne um, and uh, firstly we will be discussing uh, Torino's nil-nil draw with uh, Scudetto chasing AC Milan uh, that took place on Sunday evening. Um, The unbeaten record stretched to two games Peter, what were your thoughts on the game?
1: Well, I, I'm going to lift someone else's t- tweet here. I can't remember who it was, but they said that the, the, the most anxiety they experienced during the match was when they saw Ventura sitting next to Cairo. <laughs> but, but there was, um, yeah, there was. Ventura was in the crowd, as was uh, Alessio Gerci. Um I don't know if you saw that from your vantage point in the pub in Cardiff. And I, saw, St-
0: I saw. I saw Ventura and had the same sort of why is he why is he there why is he there, um, apparently, but, apparently but it was thankfully. Just,
1: Apparently just a social visit.
0: Yeah, Caro did put it on his um, Instagram, which he seems to have remembered the password for in the last few weeks. Um, quite, and I think it was funny, some yeah. sort of promise they'd made.
1: Yeah, so Ventura and, and Church, you were there. And, and unfortunately, your your great friend Omar al Kadori was clearly otherwise engaged. Otherwise too busy ever-
0: scoring in the Europa League, Peter.
1: <laughs> Conference? Was it Conference League? Europa? No, it was
0: the, the, it was the main thing.
1: That's the main thing i think i think it was the main thing yeah were they are they not in the um in the same competition leicester are in is that the conference league i, I think, think you're I... giving i think you're giving alcador an, an upgrade there probably because i i mistakenly called it europa league last week so i'll claim an assist for that error but um but yeah it was good to uh
0: i can confirm you are correct it is the conference league apologies but it's still europe and it's still, still one one more goal in Europe that Torino scored, unfortunately, this season. So nice. I think El cadori has got to get a bit of the credit
1: there. Still, still doing the business. I'm sure we'll talk about him one day in the future. Maybe pod, pod two hundred and twenty-five, he'll be your hero. Um, yeah. So yeah, Ventura in the crowd. Um, one other remark I uh, that came to me uh, yesterday, and I didn't think I'd say this at the beginning of the season, but Yurich's Torino really remind me of the Torino. Of around 1993 94 under Emiliano Mondonico, in that play this 3 5 2 system, which is very aggressive, uh, concede very few chances and very few goals, um, don't score too many, and were generally very, very tight against the big teams. Um, Mondonico's Torino were, were very good at, at kind of classic result was a 0 0 against, against kind of Capello or, or Saki's Milan. Um, so Torino is yeah, slowly kind of morphing into the kind of mon- a slightly Mondonico-esque team, and Mondonico and and Juric have similar traits to their character as well. Um, I would say I think Juric's Torino, I think Juric's nature is a bit more kind of um, carefree and progressive in a way. We've seen a a little bit less of that in recent weeks, and I think it's partly due to the personnel available. I think Mondonico played a, a far more kind of classic Italian system. But yeah, just I kind of found it interesting that at least Torino's results this season really kind of slightly Mondonico-esque. Um, in terms of the game itself, about it wasn't as as exciting as the Inter game. That's for sure. Milan defended a lot better than than Inter did. I've got to give that to their their credit. Um, Torino were not quite as um, yeah, didn't. didn't play at the kind of intensity we did against Inter, but It's partly because Milan played in a very different way and were less open. Um, I thought we shaded the game. I think the draw was probably just about the fair result, but if we had nicked it, I don't think there would have been too many complaints. I think we looked we we yeah, we looked we looked as we have done in a lot of these matches like like quite a good team. Um it's it's the matches where we should be dominating possession and, and winning more comfortably that we're struggling in. Um, and on the flip side, Milan. I think this Milan's a bit of a tribute act side to, to their sides in the past. I mean, just it's unfair to pick him out as he didn't have a bad game. But you know, Tanali is the kind of tribute act to PLO. There's, there seems to be a lot of that in, that, in this Milan side. I uh, just think this, yeah, this Scudetto. Whoever wins it, I think it will be the poorest champion of Italy in in a long time. Uh, because if Inter are probably favourites with the game in hand and are probably the most reliable uh, and have the deepest squad. But they're not as good as the Inter side from last season. Um, if Juve come back and win it, um, it would be the worst Juve team in a long time to win it. Um, Napoli, obviously a bad result this weekend. Uh, no, not a patch in the sides that their own sides that have come second in recent seasons. And this, yeah, this Milan team, uh, I mean, you just... I looked at their bench on before the match on Sunday and I thought if we can keep this tight to about 70 minutes I don't think they've got a lot to throw on and and so it proved that I didn't find I was a bit worried when we considered that very late three kick um and I thought oh no uh, but apart from that I wasn't really sitting there worried maybe because that we weren't defending a lead we were defending a draw um but I wasn't I felt fairly comfortable that we would see at home um and I'm sure you might come onto it. And I thought, yeah, some of Juric's substitutions again were like, you know, it's kind of blast from the past coming out from the bench, real, real random stuff. But yeah, I find it, I find some of that quite amusing. And I guess some of uh, based on some of those performances, we probably, you know, the way he is about shut, you know, shutting players in a in a, in, in a wardrobe for eight weeks after a bad performance, we may we may not see one or two of them again for a little while. But no, all in all, good point um yeah keeps the unbe- unbeaten run to two and yeah all, 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 all and the other thing was good to see the stadium fall I know there was a lot of Milan fans in in certain parts of the stadium but uh the Maratona was full it just you know visually it just so looks so much better doesn't it to see a full stadium
0: uh yeah totally agree with that I think that I've, I've spoken previously how I just I love that Sunday Sunday evening feel and especially when it's a big game against sort of one of the uh, Skidetto chases makes it makes it feel like an occasion and uh, Sunday was no different. Uh, I thought second half we played a lot better. I thought first half we just both teams were quite poor, but I think the quality improved quite a lot in the in the second half. Um, I think actually I'll I'll, I'll step onto uh, another uh, Torino player who I thought had a, a really good game, but I think you could make an argument for the two standout uh, centre backs in the league this season being uh, sort of both performing really well in that game, obviously Bremer for Torino, I thought Tomori for, for Milan uh, had a really good game, um, maybe a little bit different from Bremer where he can, he may make some mistake, but then catches, he is able to sort of make amends for that mistake very quickly. The the one example being the uh, Belotti chance in the second half where uh, he takes the ball out of the air sort of looks like he's going to get that yard of space and then he manages to get back and make the block. I thought thought both him and Bremer were very impressive on Sunday night. So in a 0-0 nil, 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 nil draw, it's probably fair to um, highlight the performances of two centre-backs. Um, but it's another centre-back that I'm also going to give a little bit of credit to and one who's been much maligned by a lot of Torino fans. Um, it's not David Zima, unfortunately. Uh, it is Ricardo Rodriguez. Um, I You're was quick... I was, I was I was scrolling back on um a previous tweet that I made which it seems a little bit harsh now I am almost tempted to delete it um and it was from the European Championships where I put a photo of uh, Clark Kent and Superman and I put Ricardo Rodriguez playing for Switzerland and then Ricardo Rodriguez playing for Torino and the Superman costume was the Switzerland's uh, Rodriguez but he's he's had a really good season just just quietly um, Bouncing along, I think he's spoken about it in, in interviews as well. That he didn't really feel that warmth of the fans in his first season last year, and, and um, I suppose with with the with the stadiums obviously being uh, only partially open, you don't maybe not have that attachment to players as much. But he also had a very poor season in a poor team. It's not he he was not the only one who'd underperformed, but he's a str- he's a strange player because technically. Is probably one of our best players, but it feels like he's just his legs have gone, and he's he's only not even in his thirties now, but still a regular for Switzerland. And I just think that left centre back position for him is just perfect. And unfortunately, he he can't play a, as a left wing back, or previously would have played as a left back in his sort of peak of his career. Um But as a left centre back, he very rarely makes a mistake anymore. Um, and just it's just having a really comfortable season and sometimes Juric will throw a wild card and even when Rodriguez is playing well put put Bongiorno in for a game but I even like that that you've got Bongiorno as a natural sort of successor for him in a, in a couple of years and he's he's learning from a player who's played regular international football for a decade nearly and just seems like a really cool calming uh, presence on, on that team um, and I, I know you I know you sort of were impressed with his performance as well.
1: Rodriguez, last season, um, was playing left-back, wasn't he? And like you said, his legs are gone. I mean, he turns like the number 69 bus, uh, you know, <laughs> it's reversing into the bus station. It is um, His legs have gone. He's played a lot of football. And the player he was at Wolfsburg, which was quite a dynamic, uh, left-back, wing-back, capable of scoring quite a few goals and, and quite deadly from set pieces we've not really seen in Italian football the three at the back really suits him and I think your Clark Kent analogy it, Switzerland he, I still notice he plays in a flat back four sometimes but maybe he's just told to, to sit there and, and not get forward um, and other times he has played in a back three for Switzerland and, and looked good but what the back three allows him it allows him, uh, it allows him to play quite interesting long balls forward because he's got He's good on the ball. Uh, he's got good vision, and it also allows him to have pace behind them because our our wing backs are, are well, apart from when Ansaldi plays, um, generally do have quite good legs. So he's he can play, um, yeah, he can play quite comfortably, knowing that he doesn't have to do too much running, really. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's slowly, slowly had a had a very good season. Look at our defensive record. We've only con- conceded thirty goals. Uh, might come onto it when we when we play Lazio. I think if you're playing Torino, bingo. You you probably would expect that we'll get some kind of um, pasting before the end of the season because it's just it's kind of inevitable in in, in the season you are going to have a, an afternoon where you concede quite a few. Um, but yeah, the d- defense has been has been has been very solid, and he's been he's been an integral part of that. And I probably mentioned. Yeah, the, the way Urich does change those centre halves, um, I think part of that is born from Gigi early in the season making quite a few mistakes when he was getting tired in games, and I think that's a little bit Zima's inexperience as well. Rodriguez's legs—he he does like to bring them in and out just to keep things keeps things fresh. In fact, the only one he doesn't change is is Bremer. I have to—he I mean, was absolutely colossal on on Sunday. And how good is he in the big matches against the? Uh, against having a you know a centre forward he can get his arms around and and get close to, but then when he plays you know a Milan Juric of Salernitana or I can't remember I think maybe João Pedro from, from some, he has it's quite weird that the the bigger the challenge and the better the player the more he embraces it and he has had more difficult times I think maybe Beto from Udinese as well to who looks, fair, looks, I, I looks yeah I think Beto looks yeah. a really really good player um, but yeah he was. Uh, Bremer Bremer did very very well. Um, what did you think of uh, what did you think of Belotti's performance?
0: I, I thought he I thought he played well. I thought he he looked very tired, and, and I think the substitution was, came at the right at the right stage. I think he can have these. He obviously wasn't as good as he was in the Inter game, where I think that was more of a a better all round performance. But I I, felt, I feel like it's a difficult role for him in that sort of um. Roller on his own up front with with Brekalo, who was, um had a, a really quiet game, which was thankfully not too. There's not been too many of those this season, but unfortunately a lot of them have, have started happening this sort of second half of the season. Um, Pabega was still, I think, he's a, a little bit out of form. So I think when when those sort of two three artiste behind the, the front man are on are on fire, it doesn't really matter. So much how well Bellotti plays, or maybe it's not as as noticeable. But I think when they're out of form, it, it, a lot of the goal scoring pressure relies on Bellotti. I thought that the the chance that I mentioned, where he t- took the ball down, was really good, and, and I don't think it was his fault for for not being able to get a shot on on goal. That was just excellent defending. Um, and yeah, so I thought I thought he was good, and we'll, I'll touch on to onto his replacement in a, in a second, but. Um, how what were your thoughts on, on uh, El Gallo?
1: I was going to say that I agree with the one where he put ball from the sky was magnificent. There's one even b- shortly before or shortly afterwards where uh, it was on the on the left-hand side where he sliced it wide. I think that Bellotti two or three years ago scores that, yeah. or at least uh, tests test the goalkeeper. Now, I
0: think that was just a couple of minutes before he, he got subbed. And I think he visibly looked, I think it might have even been the last thing he did before he got subbed.
1: Yeah, he's had a hard uh, paper around Balotelli. Yeah, it's, 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 he, he has it. literally just been kicked around for six years. Is, uh, um, but yeah, go and talk about Double P, Pietro Balega. Yeah,
0: well, I think we owe a, we owe an apology for for the big man, for the 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 oldest looking twenty year old in football. I think um, I thought he looked really good. I thought he um, he came on and for somebody of his size, he's deceptively quick. Um, by size, I mean height, not uh, not weight. Uh, don't, don't worry uh, Pietro I'm not, not, not calling you out um, but he yeah I thought, I thought he looked really good he had the, he had the one opportunity which again up against Tomori he managed to sort of get half a yard and managed to have a shot and go unfortunately wasn't much weight behind it it was an easy save but um, he is an effective option I think and the biggest thing for him is a run of games and whether the fitness issues are always going to be there I think if he can get a couple of games under his belt and there is that opportunity where we'll be needing a, a blotty replacement in the summer if he if he chooses to leave, I think if he can make an impact in these sort of, this is probably a really big sort of period of his career because if he can stay fit and sort of get the odd game and get, get a couple of goals, I, th- I think we probably would, maybe not at the the fee that Monaco would like to sell him to us, but I think we might even negotiate another loan and he is a useful player to have because the potential is there. He, he, you can see why Monaco paid the money for him um, when he sort of burst onto the scene, onto the scene as a fifteen, sixteen-year-old. You could that has probably had a detrimental effect to his career, and, and that's probably why he keeps breaking down with injuries. Um, but no, I thought he he had a really good cameo, and it it makes you. I, I seem to remember him coming on against Udinese and having a similar impact and looking. Sort of like a younger Balotti, um but maybe a little bit a little bit quicker, and he has got good attributes. It's just he needs that run of games, and and whether he will be able to find that continuity, I, I'm not so sure. Um just a quick mention as well for for Dembesek, who who made a a short appearance, as did uh, Ola Uh Like I say, Juric's strange uh, substitutions once again rearing the head, but uh, but they were subs. I was I was happy to to see. I think um, Singo. Didn't have his better game he seemed to be really negative in the first half. Um, like playing, just playing sidewards balls or, or not sort of attacking Hernandez, whether he was just a little bit concerned about Hernandez getting past him with being such an attacking threat. So sort of with being a bit more conservative than normal. Uh, sec. Um, I, I'd like to see more of him. Uh, he's got sort of a, a strange running style because he's, Tall and, and and quick and sort of almost looks a bit cumbersome, but I think there is something in there. There's a bit of potential, and that's that that sort of not knowing what he's going to do is almost exciting. I'm sure it can be frustrating. I think Juric was remonstrating at the end uh, of the game for something. Um, well, he did
1: a, he did a snabrio almost in the last the move that led to the Milan free kick. He was yeah. a bit soft in a challenge or giving the ball away. So.
0: Um, but yeah, I think he, I think he's definitely he, he, he's one of those sort of a bet, what a bet that I think uh, they they talk about in in Italian football. He's the the ceiling would be quite high and a, a lowish cost, whether with resale value. I think they were willing to sort of give that opportunity and see um, how we, how he can do with the step up and a little bit sort of more structured coaching. Um, so yeah, I think I think. Out of the, the three substitutes who sort of have been in the wilderness I think it was second well definitely palegri and then second I thought showed a couple of bright bright moments and Ina maybe the worst of the three
1: Ina Ina did okay though he didn't do anything um, he was fairly conservative I thought he. I think he had
0: one too, shot there. from 20 yards like he, he, he I think I, I remember there being an opportunity where I thought he was going to shoot and I said don't shoot and then they continued to play the ball for a couple more passes and then he had a shot which like I think I think I could have saved and um that's not any statement of my goalkeeping ability it was that the, the shot was straight at uh, Manjan and and there's absolutely no pace on it at all.
1: No, but it was yeah he 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 seems to adapt to the pace of the game though. I, I completely agree with you on the other two. I think Sek Sek does look quite interesting. He looks like he can beat a man quite easily. Um but the last two or three minutes of the game, I think there's a few times he lost the ball, and I was just thinking, oh, we're not going to see this guy until.
0: I, so I'd like to so see fi- him. I'm final like... game
1: of the season, probably now. I'd so. like
0: to see him uh, maybe come on, or when we were sort of like two two goals ahead, maybe, and, and we're going to have counter attack, attacking, up, even just a goal ahead, and we've got counter attack opportunities, and and we can literally just give the ball to him and, and see. Because I, I, I get the feeling he can sort of get up the fields. Quicker than any player we've had in recent history, just because of his pace, but also his height and his the length of his legs are, are, are just seem to go on for days. It's, um, I think he, he could be a really useful player given the game situation, and probably that it wouldn't be if you were sort of trailing, and you need a goal, he might not be the player to go to. But I think if you're ahead and, and you're going to have that space in behind, he would be the perfect candidate to bring up.
1: A bit of a shout out as well for um, Matthew Garbert, our New Zealand international, who um, actually didn't make the bench he did, but got his first call up, didn't he? I think he might be one to look out for before the end of the season. And I, I wonder if the next one out of the wilderness will be Carol Linetti. I mean, I, I thought Carol Linetti when I saw all these names, you know, now Itso's almost becoming a regular again. Um, yeah, the, the Carol Linetti is a bit of a strange one because we have been a bit short in midfield over the last year. Last he always year, seems to was, be.
0: Um... We're the biggest cheerleader on the bench, though. So whether whether Juric and and same with Ito, he never seemed to throw the sort of toys out the pram. And when he wasn't playing, he seemed to always be supported and just ready for his chance. So I think that's probably one thing Juric is able to do. You don't hear many players who aren't playing sort of speak to the press. I mean, the fact that the press is owned majoritarily by Cairo might help with that as well. But um, there doesn't seem to be it seems to be quite a solid group and quite a bit of unity there where. Those who aren't playing are just supporting the, the 11 players on the pitch.
1: I think for certain players as well, there's a realism that, I mean, Zaza has barely played a minute this season. It's just a lot of little injuries, but there's there's quite a few players like that who have just um, faded from view, but like you said, not kind of faded from view without too much, uh, too much fanfare. I mean, uh, in the likes of Bazelli going as well in January. It's quite interesting that Bazelli at Cagliari is not really from whenever, from what I've seen has not had a massive amount of game time or impact um but Robert you're wearing a, a very delightful Torino shirt
0: yeah apologies uh, for apologies for the uh, listeners who can't see this but I am wearing uh, this season's 115th anniversary shirt which uh, it's a beautiful shirt but I'm not sure whether 115th is an anniversary that requires a special shirt for it um but that still didn't uh sort of prevent me from spending my hard-earned money on on buying it because it is a uh lovely throwback to uh sort of previous toro shirts of the year of yesteryear and that is what this next segment is going to be about so rather than doing our sort of traditional hero villain uh of the week we decided to uh discuss some of our favorite and sort of least favorite torino shirts of the past so shall i pass over to you first peter
1: yeah, it's I think when we've um, we've looked into this, we all realise that Torino shirts up until around 1980 were always pretty much glorious. Um, it, it, this was the era before really kit manufacturers and, and sponsors and too much kind of variety in shirts. So you would have had different collars, occasionally different crests, but... Not not kind of a wide variety. Obviously, there's a famous Fiat kit in the in the mid-40s as, as well. But So I guess when we're talking about kits, uh, we're, we're going to be looking at 1980 onwards. Um, I think the first Torino kit to have a sponsor was was Barber, the Barbero kit in between 1883, which is a thing of beauty. Slightly... Um, slightly Angry-looking angry bull. Uh, yeah, slightly hungover-looking bull. Uh, <laughs> I might describe it as... That was me, um, that was me in that pub in Cardiff. That was that was you in Cardiff. Yeah, it was quite a bit, quite an interesting ball, and I think yeah, I think really we're probably going to be talking a lot about kits from from the nineties onwards, and we're going to look at our, I guess our, favourite and least favourite home away, and increasingly in the modern football, the third kits. Have, Torino have done some quite interesting things with the third kits, which I think is definitely worth a, a conversation. One thing I say to you, it's possible to have. A good kit from a bad season so when you look back at your fate uh, the kits do you think certain kits are just we're very negative memories of that uh, yeah kit, I, I appreciate kit could become a cult kit um, because it maybe it's very different especially some of the third kits but I think that's for the home and away kits for me if they're if I associate them with bad seasons it's hard to look it's hard to it's hard to look too too much into the design and the aesthetics of it. I sort of,
0: I, I think that's probably a, p- a purpose for the players to have a good season. If they've got a really nice kit, that should be in the team talk in the, in the pre-seasons. Like, don't ruin this season in this beautiful kit because then the fans aren't going to remember it fondly.
1: Um, so is that is that where we went wrong between I don't know, 1996 and yeah, they, they should just had the kit four chat. or five years
0: ago. Um, yeah. I, th- I personally, for me especially, and. Um, with with my not being a fan for it as long as yourself a lot of the sort of retro kits I wasn't a fan for so I'm not going to remember the era as well as as well as yourself so I think for when I was actually looking at my worst kits a lot of them do sort of match up with really poor seasons but they are also really bad kits so I think I would I would have no problem in sort of wearing uh or or thinking fondly of a of a kit from a bad time but I think you're right some of the kits that you prefer I think that added factor that it was when it it was a time when the players were doing well and I think some shirts are synonymous with players as well so you'll see a shirt and you'll be like okay that was a shirt that a baby a baby pelly wore or that was a shirt that one of my picks I can remember um joseph Come well, on. Joseph Martinez, Joseph Martinez, I can remember scoring a rare goal in one of these games. Joseph
1: Martinez,
0: uh, another one of my uh, court favourites. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's I think that's fair. But I also think, especially now that the trend of sort of retro shirts is is coming along in 15, ten, fifteen, twenty years time, I don't think people are going to remember as well exactly like, oh, you're wearing a a 1994 Torino shirt where you finished 17th in the league, like. For a lot of people, like very niche Torino fans, might recognise that. But I think sometimes shirts, especially, and they've m- m- exploded over the last sort of couple of years. Maybe with the with the lockdown and, and people had a bit more time on their hands and a bit more disposable income, trying to buy these shirts that they liked when they were younger. I think a lot of people just buy shirts for the shirt, rather than like you'll see people buy Torino shirts who aren't Torino fans. It's more of a, a fashion statement. They like a shirt and they buy it. The Venezia shirts from this season—I didn't realise there were so. Many oh, if I, if fans. I hear,
1: if I hear another person tweet a bloody Venezia shirt, I mean, I'm and, and they are having a poor
0: season as well. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I wonder I mean, whether their fans are glad that they, they've got such such lovely shirts in such a terrible season.
1: But that's no, quite. I think the way we're going to play this is we're going to go home, away, third kit, and give our best and worst, and then we'll stick them up on Twitter and put a bit of a poll out from kind of the the ones we've decided and maybe a couple of others from the shortlist i think a bit of context torino you mentioned the kind of class i guess it's the classic football shirt culture but the torino shirt is often when people do these videos of favorite serie a kits um, of all time torino's often there not often not often the first um, and you find a lot of lot of people um, at least in the UK, got into Italian football in the early 90s. And it just, you know, those Fiorentina kits and the Sampdori kits are, and quite often Palma because, you know, Palma is a... That was kind of really their their period of history as well. Um, I think Italian football just does have a lot of nice kits. I mean, the Milan and the Inter kits, when when they're done well, are, are, are very nice. I uh, dare say it, but even the Juve kits of the early 90s, for me, it's it just... The Juve kits against the Torino kits in those derbies in the early 90s just look so good. Um, and I think we've kind of, yeah, the, the, the Roma kit's such an interesting colour as well. And you've got the Palermo as you know, the most famous example of a team playing in pink. I just think, yeah, you have so many. Uh, I think, yeah.
0: You've got, yeah you've, got the, you've got the differences where, like, in England, you've got sort of Southampton, Stoke, Sunderland, sorry to bring up Stoke uh with your with your red and white shirts, there's not really much you can do with a red and white shirt, whereas in Italy they seem to have there's so many differences in sort of colour schemes and and what teams wear that it, it's got that sort of uniqueness about it. Um I think Torino tend to do so well from the sort of neutral fan is just the colour and I'll be I'll be lying if I said that it wasn't sort of the colour of the shirts wasn't something which sort of gravitated me to the club at the start. Like there aren't many teams who wear maroon. Um apologies for hearts fans, but just maroon on the on its own it is sort of is a relatively unique color uh, whereas Northam- in italy it is well town yeah all the all the northampton uh, town and hearts listeners have, have just uh, turned off now
1: well, um, northampton town i remember when when Vale used to play Northampton town there were a group of fans that often had a torino banner uh, following Northampton town this was like thirty years ago um so yeah it's it is funny how. For how colors bring but in but in italy but in here. italy
0: granato is actually relatively common There's obviously salernitana torino uh, Reggiana, arezzo yeah, yeah there's there's quite a few um sort of teams using that color scheme but um i think torino is, is if you see a maroon shirt like you, you're probably thinking of torino
1: so go on what's your favorite torino so, home shirt favorite torino home shirt i've gone for a tie here
0: um so I can't pick between them. So I hope that hopefully that is going to be okay. And I've got they weirdly ten years apart. Although the, the Adidas kit seemed to, I think there were whether there was just slight discrepancies, but I think the the era of the Adidas kit might have gone from sort of 84, 85 up until sort of 87, 88. Um, but yeah, it is the Sueda, uh Adidas uh, Torino shirt with the classic Torino Calcio sponsor. Um, and just I love I love shirts with collars on I'm, I'm going to put it out there I, I'm a, I'm one of those people who likes uh, I, like, I, like, I like a collar on a football shirt as you can see with the 115 year anniversary um, I just think they look smart it, it looks maybe not the most comfortable to play football in um, but I just think it looks like something you could it's quite clearly a football shirt but I think if you went to the pub wearing that people wouldn't automatically think you're in a football shirt it it looks relatively trendy and looks quite cool um adidas probably one of the most famous kit, kit suppliers obviously in in the world i just think having a, a big brand torino shirt is something that i would still like to uh be able to buy like a modern version of like the last two uh kit suppliers we've had have been been Joma, who have, have made some nice shirts and we may get onto a couple of those uh in this episode and also kappa um have produced some terrible shirts but also some really really good and memorable shirts so my uh my number one or joint first home shirt is the adidas suede kit from the mid 80s
1: i'm just gonna say this first before you say it but that adidas kit i have wanted pretty much for I don't know since the first time I saw it I thought I've, I want to have that shirt and very occasionally one will come up on eBay and it's quite often stained or a, a really kind of weird size uh, the Wake It version came up during lockdown uh, which I bid for and some I think some fella in Switzerland spent about 300 euros for it which I was definitely not going to do. Um, Is it Ricardo Rodriguez? <laughs> well, if anyone does have any of those Adidas shirts and is interested... I, it's I've,
0: <laughs> I've, given up on, I've given up on this because I know that in the very, very slight chance uh, that one does come available, uh, if anybody's met me or has seen photos of me, I'm a little bit larger than Peter. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be any chance that one of these shirts is ever going to fit me. So we managed to get some sort of inspired hoodies uh, a few Uh, about a year ago I think it was from Italy Um, and I think that's the closest I'm ever going to get to it but it's a beautiful shirt Um, my second or joint first home shirt uh, is a lotto number now lotto is one of the Italian brands I've just got an affinity to Uh, I've always wanted a pair of lotto boots and I've probably reached the stage that I'm going to admit my football career is probably over now so I don't need to be spending money on uh, a pair of football boots but if if any clubs are interested in a in a six foot five target man, then I'm available. Um, but this is the sort of 94 95 season. Even even though I wasn't a fan at this this era, I see this shirt and I just think of a baby Pele. Uh, I think this would have been his first season, um, and it's it's a again it's got another colour on because I think I think as as I've just mentioned, that I do like a football shirt with the colour, um, and then it's got a sort of. Images of the bull throughout the shirt as well um and I think it's just a really smart shirt, and I have got a funny story about this this shirt, which I do actually own um but I didn't realize I had how I had it, so I'd been looking for i think it was in in lockdown last year uh it might even be the year before I was sort of looking for this shirt to add to my collection and managed to find it in uh sort of a, a size close to mine um so was sort of messaging the uh, the seller just to find out the exact sort of size of the shirt. Um, I think it was an XL, so I was just seeing sort of sometimes you can get a tight-fitting XL or, or a baggy one. And then I just had a feeling. I was like, I think I've seen this shirt before. Uh, and then went upstairs into my wardrobe and and then managed to managed to find it. And so I, I was trying to buy a shirt that you already owned.
1: Uh, but you were emailing
0: yourself about size well maybe that was maybe that was the case the the sad news was that when I tried it on I I think I think the shirt I had was even the exact same size as well Uh, so that was a quick uh, and it did not fit so carrying a few little uh, lockdown weight there Uh, but that is that is sort of my mission to sort of manage to fit back into that shirt at some stage in, in the in the near future um, because it's just it's a classic, it's a classic shirt. Although it's probably not the Torino shirt. You think I mean you think in the 90s, obviously it's not synonymous with the with the uh, Europa uh, UEFA Cup run, but it's just I think it's just a very cool, smart shirt.
1: Nice, yeah. My brother um, the, we'll get onto the, maybe the away shirt of that year. My brother on a holiday in Greece in the mid 90s picked up that away shirt and uh, quite jealous that he he owns that one now yeah do you know what the sponsor is on that 94 95 shirt
0: i do I, but not I believe it's, Bo- it's, it's it? caldai yeah Kandai. I
1: think they were would have been boilers or, or heating systems so yeah that whenever i've seen that it's not <laughs> it's not the most um exciting of sponsors but yeah i think the. Southampton Southampton used to have a kit sponsored by sanderson which i still don't know what that yeah. what they are there's, well, there's a lot of um yeah I went down a few rabbit holes looking at some of these Torino sponsors but yeah I guess for me you're right that is a much nicer kit than I remember I think partly because I was coming from the kits before uh which which I'll come on to so that one for me was that was the season we won we won the derby twice and it was, for me it's like the um what a Giorgio Rititelli shirt that's who I see when I say that shirt and it is really nice i it's one yeah it's one I'd quite like to own so I, th- I think that's a very good shout my my choice uh, is just a few seasons before it probably won't surprise people but yeah I'm a little bit obsessed with that kind of ninety ninety two 92 to 94 Torino era so I've I've gone for the uh, the 93 94 shirt um a lot of them are, around this time are quite similar but for me, the the color of that shirt, and this might be slightly confirmation bias, but I just think the shirt color in the early nineties was proper blood. It was like you know that ball we've got in the in in the stadium. It's like that the blood that would be drawn from 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 the, from that ball if it was a real ball. But it, you know what you want know I mean? it, to mean? Just to confirm
0: to those who don't know, it's not a real ball.
1: No, it's not a real ball. But it's very kind of very evocative um, color. It's a lot of it's an all Italian kit, so it's a lotto so it's made by lotto beretta which a company that's been synonymous really with with Torino throughout the last thirty years. This is the best the beretta sponsor has looked on a um on a Torino shirt then you've got the the copper Italia badge, which I just think looks great it's uh, it's it's quite twee but it looks really great um and yeah, even the fit of the shirt is is really really nice and for me yeah the adidas kit would be would be up there but this shirt this shirt for me is that it's just this beautiful simplicity of it that the, you know it's not crowded it's not busy uh and like you say you look at it that that's a torino shirt it can't, can't be anything else i think um i guess but yeah we'll, we'll get on to some of the least favorite shirts um home shirts a bit uh a bit later but yeah, I just find some of the, the more recent home shirts have been some quite interesting concepts, but they're all very busy with the sponsors. There's too much going on. You mentioned collars, yeah, I like collars as well. I think apart from, I don't think we've had much in the way of collars since about two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, so the collars, collars, just kind of disappeared a little bit from football shirts in general, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, that would be that would be my choice for for favorite home shirt um but yeah to 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 well i kind of share share your adidas as well and i think yeah your your other choice was was fantastic um away shirts i guess favorite away shirt away shirt well i feel
0: i feel a bit disappointed with this one because i love the river plate tribute shirts i love the the aspect i love just everything about it the the fact that river plate have done Torino tribute shirts and we sort of returned that favour just to remember the sort of bond between the two clubs in case anybody doesn't know. uh, River Plate uh, arranged a sort of uh, fundraising game after the Superga disaster to to raise money for the the families of of the victims Um, so they came over to Torino about two weeks after the um, tragedy Uh, and sort of ever since then, there's been a sort of friendship between um, River Plate and Torino so sort of as a sort of link to that friendship to you know in the past and and over the last sort of i to think when the first one probably was probably maybe twenty years so, or so
1: yeah the first one the first one yeah was i think I made a note of it somewhere was um yeah you're uh o seven oh uh, three o four was the first one i remember um
0: and i just I just like it, but some of i, I think this current this season's um Tribute is, is one of the nicest ones. He's probably, he's probably one of the nicer ones and was tempted to pick that. But some of the execution of them, and, and I'll, I won't say too much, because I know you'll, you'll probably talk about this as well. I think some of the execution of them hasn't been great. Uh, one that I looked at in my research, which might have been 2005, 6 or 6, 7, they had the slash in the wrong way, uh, which is a shame because it, was, it I think it was a college colored one as well but they had to slash the wrong the wrong way which sort of ruins that uh with a play aspect of it Um so i've I've gone uh 2014-15 uh the white shirt by kappa with the fratelli beretta sponsor uh, and then the sort of image of the so it's a white shirt with just like a, a bull uh sort of on the shirt as well sort of an outline of of a white bull on the shirt, which I, I like you, you were saying earlier, I find it synonymous with our Europa League run. Um I managed to to get to one game uh where Torino were wearing this in Bruges and unfortunately that was a 0-0 uh draw and I think they then went to uh wear it in the, the last game of the group in Copenhagen where they won five one uh with my man Josef Martinez and I think he may have even scored twice. Um but yeah, it's just a really smart shirt and it's, it's very busy with the sponsors. Like say, it's got Suzuki in the in the opposite corner to the badge, but, and then Beretta was the main sponsor. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a smart badge and I really wish that I could have picked a, a River Plate tribute one, but I think every one that we've had, there's just been something that I just think, oh, this probably could have been done a, a slightly better.
1: Um, but if I was going to pick a, a River Plate shirt, it probably would have been this current season's away kit. I agree. No, the River Plate thing is lovely, as is as is the the friendship between Benfica, uh, Torino, and Benfica, Torino, and River Plate is is really nice. And um, there's a third club as well in South America. Uh, Corinthians in Brazil often have a, despite the fact their home shirts black and white, often play in a in a Torino away kit.
0: I also didn't I didn't realise this, and I haven't done too much uh, research on it, so forgive me if I'm incorrect. But I also think Club America in Mexico. Uh Torino may have opened the azteca uh so they released the maroon shirt to commemorate that so I think it might been, i think the Azteca might have been opened in nineteen sixty six uh so I think it would have been twenty sixteen uh it might be worth looking at i think Club America's away shirt with a maroon shirt as a sort of uh re- m- sort of to remember that and commemorative uh, that Torino came to open their stadium so um that's another shirt who's, another club you've sort of Got the Torino link with shirts.
1: For me, yeah, the River Plate one is great. It's not my choice, but it would be up there. If I was choosing the River Plate one, it would be the, I'd say the around the 16-17 one. Um, I would call it the Christian Molinaro shirt. Maybe I'd I don't know to I just see Christian and Molinaro hooking hooking a ball away in it. Um, but that that was a nice one. Uh, and quite often with the away kit, we don't have our proper crest. We just put the ball on it. Uh, it's something we've done on second and third kits it's it's one a bit similar to that but best away kit I, I loved uh, again boring old me but I'm going back to the, the early 90s and I believe it's a 92-93 one so there's a various theme of 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 these Beretta kits where we had a, a kind of Granada splashes on it I'd describe it um, this one's going to be better if when when you post it on the poll but it's kind of got yeah it's kind of got I guess, splashes which which run across the stomach under, under the main sponsor and then across one of the arms. Um, but I could have chosen probably between 91 and 94, any of those away kits. I think they're uh, just, yeah, they're all, all all great kits. And then of of the modern ones, it'd probably be, yeah, I think some, some of our white kits um, have, have been a little bit bland, the away kits, were just a kind of bit, bit full of um, sponsors' logos in random places so i would go I, I would go for something like that and i think yeah moving on i guess moving on to the third kit if we're saying that you know the torino home shirts is is blood color the away kit is white with a bit of bit of kind of granada on it somewhere the third kit obviously we've had lots of variations of it the for me the kind of standout ones do tend to be the, the navy ones i'd say and that's the ones that have stuck a little bit more but what Oh, what's your favourite third kit?
0: I think this is one where I think we both agreed, um, uh, but I'll I'll leave you to mention the the one we agreed on. So I'll I'll go for one which I think we both appreciate in it. And again, it's it's another shirt which is a link to history. It Probably also doesn't count as a third kit. I think it was a, it was sort of described as a special kit. It was like a, a one off game. I think uh, I can remember Nicholas and Kulu scoring in this shirt, and it's the uh, uh green shirt. Uh, which was sort of a I'm not sure whether it was to, to raise money or just sort of to to bring attention to that bond between obviously Torino and uh, the Brazilian side who were un- unfortunately always linked together by by plain tragedy with the uh, the plane crash which um, which happened on the, on the way back from a, from a game in South America um, and and they wear, they wear green shirts, so uh, as a sort of tribute we wore. Uh, and we also later then played them in a friendly as well. Um I think that one that one was to raise a little bit of money. Um but yeah it's just a smart green shirt with uh similar to the to my away shirt pick, it's got the the bull uh on the side, the bull outline, but that's also in sort of like a lighter green. Uh I think that's a shirt well the rare shirts I think we both own actually Peter. But um I think it's just whether whether you can technically class it as a third shirt I am going to for the sake of this game. Um but yeah, I think it's it's a really smart smart shirt. Well done by um, by Kappa as as to sort of executing that one well.
1: Completely agree. It's um it, it's um having bought the shirt, it's quite a hard one to squeeze into. I've Gotta say it's uh, it's on, the, on the, one of Kappas on the tight side. But yeah, it's it'll be one of those shirts which um, which yeah, as time goes by, will be um probably quite tre- quite a treasured treasured and much sought after shirt. I've gone for two so I've gone for t- really two of the recent navy ones, one being the current season uh navy with the gold on it. one criticism it could probably do with one fewer sponsor somewhere on it, and I do find the Suzuki logo a little bit too domineering on our on our modern kits. I find everything a little bit too big um but I think it's quite a smart shirt, and I think for me, the one that pips it would be the one from a few seasons earlier, which is um Again, I've not I've not the one I sought out didn't have a sponsor on it, but it was the one with the ball uh, with the name uh, names of the famous players um, kind of making up the ball. Um, and then you've got Granada and White um, on, on the sleeves, which is just kind of a nice little touch to the home and away kits as well. So that would be that would be my choice. Um, I think on the third kits, we just had so... I mean, we'll probably move on to the, some of the worst kits now. Maybe we'll just go backwards and start with the with the third kits. But we've had... Apart, obviously, we, we, we're not going to play in black and white, and we're probably not going to play in pink because they're associated with Juventus. We're probably not going to play in red because it's a bit similar to our, to our home kit. But virtually... It, um, pur- purples, and apart from Fiorentina wearing, it's considered quite an unlucky colour in Italy. But we're very kind of... Um, we've tried almost every colour for for third kits and just a few, I guess a few honourable mentions. One is the, what we'd call a whole city kit, which was um, I think a tribute to um, the, one of the early, uh, the, was it the founding kit of Torino or one of the early shirts anyway? Yeah. Um, and that's one, it's a bit of a Marmite kit, um, but it's one I wish I'd bought because I think, again, it's just, I don't think.
0: One thing that both of these shirts have and, and the bull um, shirt with the, with the legends names in, they're very, very difficult to get hold of now um even I'm surprised actually that the 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 blue bull shirt with even though it's sort of only the last sort of ten ten years you you don't see them on sort of anybody selling shirts, nobody seems to sell that one, so I think that's that's probably says a lot that a lot of people have got a special place in the heart for that shirt so that they're not reselling them um and yeah, same with you the the Torzi whole city one um it is it's it is a bit marmite, but yeah, it is a, it's a cool shirt because it's different and and like I say it represents that link to the past, which I think is always good to have with a uh, with a shirt that's not it's only going to be worn, worn once or twice a season. To have some sort of connection to why you're wearing it is better than just saying oh, here's a brown and uh, orange shirt.
1: No, I agree. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I had a very late change of heart on my least favourite third kit, and this was thanks to someone who, who replied to your tweet. Um So I had a few honourable mentions. There was a, a few dodgy kind of sky blue third kits in the across the 2000s, which weren't great. There's a kind of – I call it the Graham Sooners third kit from the era he was my coach, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I remember a picture of him wearing it. It's kind of you – know, it's one of those – it's very 90s in um, – 90s goalkeeper esque almost. It's blue greeny yellow with those those Kappa paw prints on 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 uh, on the arms. Um, so that they would have been amongst it. But then so, uh, someone I think Fabio Perto his name is, came in with a very late call, and I completely forgot this kit, and I hadn't seen it on any on any uh, kind of historical sites. It was a peach shirt from 95 96. Not, we were really bad in that season. Um, so that that yeah kind of kit is associated with failure. I've also got to say, I mean, how many times did Torino actually ever wear these third shirts? Barely once a season, but I have vague recollections of wearing that peach shirt. I mean, that season we had a striker from Croatia called um, Vedin Karic. She must one of the worst players I've ever seen for Torino. And I yeah, I associate him, that relegation and that peach shirt and that it is um, it's a very bad shirt. The color, uh, The colour makes no sense. So uh, yeah, thank you for submitting that. That is definitely my my choice for worst third kit.
0: Worst third kit for me. Um I've gone for a Joma one because I felt a little bit bad that my first two were kappa picks. Um and so I'll go on to my home and away worst shirts in a second. I'll probably do those ones together because they're from the same season as well. Um and then I did send this one into you to so discuss and realize that you'd actually bought it. So apologies if this is one which is uh close to your heart but it just seems like a lot going on uh so it's a 1920 torino third shirt which is obviously predominantly blue um with sort of maroon on the sides and then i really dislike the away shirt from this year as well which has just got these sort of like maroon dots that just looks like somebody's got a little bit carried away on on microsoft paint and just didn't know when to stop putting designs on a shirt um, it just seems like, and I, I can't even remember us wearing
1: it in a game. Um, I do, yeah, I I, I do remember wearing it. Oh, oh, You're talking about the third shirt, sorry. The third
0: shirt, wear... yeah, the, yeah. I, do I, think away, I think the way, I think the away I can yeah. just imagine Diego Falke in it. Yeah,
1: it's
0: um, very but, Iago Falke. That shirt. Uh, yeah, the the third shirt just it looks like a training top. Uh, even, th- but the only thing that makes you think that it's not a training top is the fact that it has got uh massive suzuki sponsor smaller beretta logo um and that th- they're so big <laughs> so big that they're almost touching um and yeah that's just uh, again third shirts are i don't think it's torinovads history of having nice quite nice third shirts which are obviously good because it makes people um buy them and and creates extra reven- revenue but like you say it doesn't really matter too much because you're not going to be wearing it that often i think our current one, which is quite a nice one that you mentioned earlier, I think we've only worn it once this season. Um, So it's not something you're going to see Torino playing very often, but I think a, a nicer one is always a bit more beneficial.
1: Yeah, I bought that shirt because it was cheap, so I'm not <laughs> not, not offended in any way. Um, yeah, I guess um, yeah. um onto the away shirts, I guess my least favourite away shirt Similar kind of reason I'm going back a bit in time, so it would be the oh six oh seven, one of the early cairo years so there was a uh white away shirt where, where the, the kit manufactured bad, a the badge was central um we had the beretta as a as a kind of second sponsor and then reale mutua as as a main sponsor and it was, everything was just tight it was just like it was just slapped together in very very quickly as kind of almost as one logo um just a not very, not very impressive shirt at all. And I think as soon as you're doing your way and your home together, I'll do my least favorite home shirt. There's probably a couple, some of the early ones under the, the Ventura era by Kappa were, were not great. Um but I think the one from 02,03 where is the kind of where the sponsor with the pie symbol, uh, a white collar. Um uh, just yeah again partly it's associated with, with failure but if anyone looks oh two oh three, look at the three kits we had that season they were, they were all there was just kind of not, it It summed up Torino at the time which was which was the Tuminelli and Romero Torino where there was no money uh we'd, hit, we'd kind of hit the proverbial ice iceberg and we're sinking and the the the, the love the owners had for the club uh, is kind of reflected in the kits really very very sad kits um so my but yeah, my least favourite home kit would be the O two O three one. So which uh, season? Which season were did you not but,
0: buy any kits from? And there? Well, funnily enough, well, I will go on to this unfortunately because I did actually buy one of these, um, which might be one of the reasons why I dislike it so much. Um, but it's like maybe like you were saying, there is something in it. If it's a bad season, you you have a negative uh, memory towards it. But it's the two thousand and eleven twelve season, which was the the eighth place finish in Serie B, I think. Um, I'll go with the uh, away shirt first, which is uh, it's Kappa and it's got it's got a maroon stripe, but it's uh, vertical, um, and I just think it's it just seems a little bit strange. Uh, it just doesn't look right, um, and this is actually the shirt that I own. Um, I think Kappa, it it obviously being in Serie B at this time, it's very difficult to get hold of Torino shirts and. Um, in my wisdom, I think Kappa were having a, an end of season sale where you could get a free name and number on a shirt as well. Um, so I have this shirt, which I'm trying to sell, but that's proven very difficult. Um, and it's got number three, Danilo D'Ambroso on the back of it. Um, so I think it's actually an XXL, but with it being Kappa, it'll probably fit you if you're a medium. Um, if you're not, it probably won't. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just seems like a very, very, i just i just i just look at it and just think' sure. it just doesn't it's the, it's the lack of symmet- symmetrical it's the fact that it's not symmetrical i think it's just like you've got one half of the sponsor and then you've just got a vertical stripe on it, it just seems a bit a bit strange to me um and then the home shirt from that season is much better uh the stitching around the the midriff looks uh, maybe like a like a sports bra uh is the only way that I can describe it. It just, I don't know why, and and especially if I was wearing it, it would definitely look like a sports bra. Um, thankfully, I didn't purchase this one. Um, but it just looks just a bit weird. Um, and and maybe there was something in it, like you said, if, you, if you've got a, a kit from a bad season, that's going to give you sort of negative memories towards it. Um, and it was not a great season on the pitch, and the shirts were, were
1: sort of summed that up as well. Good. We've managed to talk a long time about kits. It's, uh, yeah, was, uh, we've more... talked
0: we've talked about three times as long as uh, much about kits than we did about the uh, Torino game. Which, uh, apologies yeah, well, I'm if you, get... not into football
1: shirts at all. I was going to give a very quick uh, shout out to a few people who got engaged in this. So Dan Dan Calcho is a is a regular contributor. Um, again, the whole what we call it the whole city one, but the FC Torinese one, massively underappreciated uh Giancarlo Rinaldi of Fiorentina fame and Rigori podcast fame a little bit similar to me he, he likes the classic kits of the of the early 90s uh, a few us are in agreement about the about the ball um uh, the ball on the blue kit trying to get hold of that one um and then yeah a lot of love for the Adidas kit so what we'll do we'll we'll, we'll throw up the um, uh some photos of the of the kind of kits that we shortlisted for best and worst and then have a little bit of a poll on Twitter. and um, But yeah, it was good. It was good. Heroes and villains of, of Kits. And um, shall we shall we move on to more serious business and Chiro Immobile?
0: Yes, it is uh, the Chiro Immobile derby this Saturday uh, as Torino travel to Lazio. Um, Immobile seems to be incapable of, of scoring goals unless he's wearing a Lazio shirt. Um, and I, I don't want to say too much because he is fresh from scoring a hat trick against Genoa. Uh, at the weekend, but yeah, that is Torino's next game. Uh, I, I was actually researching this and, and thought Lazio, having lost quite heavily in the in the derby, I sort of imagine them to be in sort of a little bit of bad form. Uh, but they've actually that was a, only only defeat in their last five, and they've won four of those. Um, they're sort of fighting for I think Champions League might be a, a bit too much for them, but sort of Europa League, Europa Conference League is, is where they're aiming at at the moment. And I think there'll be a bit of bad blood uh, given the circumstance of the the game, the penultimate game of last season, where Immobile had a penalty in the last minute very contra I, think, I seem to think it was a controversial penalty. was it, was it in with the foul was it Peter?
1: It was a bit of a sloppy yeah it was about five minutes to go, wasn't it? It was a bit of a kind of it was one of those 50 50 ones. Uh, it was a bit of a sloppy challenge, tired challenge, leg yeah. Nkulu from memory. Um, and as you yeah, as you're gonna go onto chiro and missed it and just whenever he comes against up against Torino, something happens, it's never it's, you know, it's never I think that,
0: and I think his I think his girlfriend or wife might have tweeted something about it or or Instagram um put something on Instagram after the game. Um so I think the relationship between sort of Immobile and I think it was aimed at Cairo the the Instagram message about something which had happened after the game and the way that Immobile left Torino after that sort of That he'd, he was sold after the qualification for uh, Europa League. Um, he went over to Dortmund where he, he wasn't very successful. Then went to Sevilla, wasn't very successful on loan. Torino sort of rescued him, bought him back. He had a good season, but that was just as Bellotti was exploding. And I think Torino did make an offer to try and, um, sign him, but whether that was sort of a, a proper offer or is there there is ever actually an intention to, to put Bellotti and Immobile together for a whole season I'm not so sure Lazio um, came in and signed him and and to be fair he, he's gone on to to just score hundreds of goals for them um, I think he's regularly scoring 20 I think he's been Capricanieri a couple of times whilst at Lazio he, I think he's leading the goal scoring shots at the moment after that hat-tricking um, at the weekend um So yeah, there is always. It's a shame because he was was one of the best strikers we've probably seen in recent years for Torino. But there's a a bit of bad blood between the two, um, between him and and sort of Torino, um, which I get the feeling that game uh, last season he was very, he was sort of wanting with Torino, trying to get the point to keep them up. Immobile seemed to be trying to to do his best to make sure they didn't get it and. And thankfully, he, he most um, missed the penalty in the in the, the latter stages, which which gave Torino the point they needed.
1: Yeah, I think the implication from Cairo was he was trying too hard, which again, it's so it, it's a regular complaint by Torino official. <laughs> uh, mean. Not going to get too involved in that. And then the the, the conversation about immobile and nationale is one for another, you know, really for another podcast. But it's kind of clear in his career, he, he had a very good season at Pescara. He was good at. For a season at Torino and been very good for Lazio when teams are built um, to play a certain way. Um, he misses a lot of chances um, but he scores a lot of goals i mean he 's got the fifth best um goals to game record of all time in italian football so you you can 't argue with that too much. I just think he's a very kind of specific type of specific type of striker um, and I think yeah, playing for national team, you're gonna get you're gonna get fewer chances. It's a little bit higher pressure, um, and the team's not gonna be built around him in the same way. Um, but yeah, looking looking ahead to the game, like you said, yeah, Lazio are two defeats in eleven. Uh, they don't lose silly games. I think of of the games they've lost this season, only the ones at, at Bologna and Verona, where they got. Got spanked actually earlier in the season, but that kind of happens with Sarri teams sometimes when they're when they're, when they're not set up properly or, or kind of getting used to uh, getting used to his way of playing. That, that sort of thing can happen. Uh, they've scored 64 goals to our 35, yet they've conceded 17 more than us. So they're, um, there's lots of goals in their games. There's not many goals in our games. Uh, you said there's a lot of needle between the two teams, the two presidents, uh, with the 3-1 up last season that we managed to that we managed to throw away was it 3-1 or 3-2 up but yeah we, we three, yeah 3-2 3-2 yeah. and um and
0: then then in, in the, in yeah. I think I say they scored in the dying seconds and they scored twice in, in injury time
1: yeah I mean apparently the situation between Cairo and, and Lotito has improved a little bit but Lazio are a strange team because they they don't ever seem to do much in the transfer market they're always like one or two players in the summer they always again they don't even tend to sell players. It's they just there's a lot of stability there. It's got um, quite
0: a good spine, I think. They got a chubby yeah. Milinkovic-Savic. Be interesting whether I don't think he will. I don't think it will be the the reunion of the the Milinkovic-Savic brothers because barisha has been playing so well uh, in place of Vanya, um, and then obviously a mobile up front. So I think they've got that spine which will always enable them to be a, a sort of top eight side because they've got three players who who I could should be playing in the Champions League regularly.
1: I agree. Yeah. And they've got, yeah, it's got a very, very settled, settled side. And, um, and now under Sarri, they just seem to be seem to getting used a little bit more to his way of playing. I mean, Torino are just are going to go, they were A very kind of different setup. I'm going to decide, as I said to you earlier, we'll probably, there'll probably be a game that some point in the season where we, we get caught out and, and, we're on the end of wrong result I just think is it is Easter Saturday is it is this going to be the weekend where where we do get a bit of a thumping Um, yeah I'm not and maybe their motivation for points for Europe is a a bit more than just how can you trust us away from home we have scored eight goals Um, we won three games scored eight goals away from home so it's hard to it's hard to look beyond Torino kind of and to to keep a clean sheet against Lazio, I think it's going to be quite difficult. Um, so kind of our tactic of, you know, of keeping it tight is 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 going to be tricky. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I make this prediction kind of hoping to look foolish, but yeah, I could maybe see us losing 3-1 or something like that. Um, Immobile definitely to score. Um, some good news on the horizon is that that Priot seems to be, they seem to suggest he might be back in... 10 days two weeks for selection and I think that yeah that that kind of home game against against Spezia um, he could even be back for so yeah I'm not not massively optimistic about about this weekend Um, but yeah I hope to be hope to be pleasantly surprised
0: yeah I think I think I agree I'd be surprised if we we managed to get a victory especially I think we might be able to Given the fact we see, we seem to do better against the better sides, whether we can pick up a, another point um, could be could be more possible. Um, it's a bit of a strange one for Torino because we have got 39 points now, probably going to be safe since the teams at the bottom seeming incapable of winning. Um, so there is not really much for us to to be fighting for. So we might be be doing that. Things that previously we've we've bemoaned other sides for doing just if we, if we're picking up points when with nothing to play for that that can sometimes be frustrating but I think the the one thing I would like us to, to try and fight for would be would be a top ten finish um, I know it doesn't really make much sense, much difference between finishing tenth and eleventh but I think tenth is the highest we can we can aim to finish um, and, and whether there be a bit of motivation for Jurich with it with it being Verona who are currently there. I think their fans would be um, quite happy at finishing above um, the manager who left them uh, in the summer. Um, so I think I think six points between the two sides, but, but Toro have got a game in hand, game in hand, which is a difficult one away to Atalanta. Um, but I think that's some sort of something to sort of try and fight for for, for the, the remaining seven games in the season, trying trying to fit, finish in the top ten um which would which would probably mean finishing the Verona as well
1: very good well um top ten it is and uh, we'll reconvene next week with our regular hero and villain a bit of a spezia preview and uh, a review of of the trip to rome so i'd say happy easter everyone and forza toro
0: happy easter everyone and forza
1: toro